A Story That Works podcast teaches you to discover your own writing process and get back to work by using my stories, which I read aloud as examples. This season, I'm talking to different editors about how to improve what's on the page, make a habit of writing, and break free from any and all blocks that come your way. I hope my struggles help you feel less alone and inspire you to get your stories on the page and confidently share them. On today's episode, I'm talking with Shelley Sperry all about an essay I wrote that I hope to turn into a memoir or longer piece about all the reasons I don't write even though I love to do it. Shelley runs a writing, editing, and research shop in Alexandria, Virginia called Sperry Editorial. As an editor, she specializes in nonfiction. She likes working with writers of memoir, science, history, and just about any other topic. As a writer, she works with nonprofit business clients on topics related to labor, the environment, and education. You can find her at sperryeditorial.com, that's S-P-E-R-R-Y editorial.com, or email her at sperryeditorial at gmail.com. What does it mean to be a writer? I've always wanted to be a writer. Writer. Ry-der. A person who writes books, stories, or articles as a job or regular occupation. I'm sure you know the definition of writer as well as I do, but I put that in as a reminder of the act itself, writing. In this definition, writer means you write in order to make a living, but in its simplest form, being a writer simply means that you write, that you type up stories, that you scratch sentences on cocktail napkins, that you imagine scenes playing out in your mind and hurriedly write them down in a notebook you bought especially for this story that probably won't get filled up before you buy another, using a specific pen that you hope to never lose. Okay, that last one might only be me. In any case, the point is, somewhere down the line we fall in love with stories and we want to write our own. We get inklings of ideas and capture them on paper. We imagine what it means to be a writer. We picture our stories on the bestseller lists with movie deals and touring various bookstores with adoring fans asking us millions of questions about the worlds and characters we create. We see ourselves spending our days creating something where nothing existed before. And while we're living in this imagined world with our rose-colored glasses, we sit at our computers or in front of our special notebooks, trying to make it all happen, and nothing comes out. Not one word. Nada, nil, zip, zero. Or maybe you're one of the lucky ones who can type up all the words in the world. In which case, why are you here, and can you tell me your tricks? But you worry instead that those words aren't good enough or that people won't like them enough, or that you won't launch the career of your dreams with your first book, and you probably won't. Sorry to burst any bubbles. So what's the point anyway? That's what I've been trying to figure out. What does it mean to be a writer? Why do I want to write anyway? How can I succeed without driving myself crazy in the process? Because if you think about it, the first statement is a figment of my imagination. It's not tangible. I can't conceptualize it. Being a writer doesn't mean anything in and of itself beyond performing the act of writing. I can do that on my own without ever sharing my work or making any money from it. I should have said I wanted to tell captivating stories, or to make a living writing, or to make time every day to write even a single sentence because it keeps me sane in a world that keeps getting scarier by the day. But my goal has always been to be a writer. And because I've only ever considered that abstract concept as the goal to end all goals, the idealized version of perfection, it's increasingly difficult to grapple with what it truly means to do the work to get me where I want to go. And where do I want to go? 
When I strip away the imaginings of a rich and famous author traveling the world and visiting adoring fans, what's left is the idea that I can do the thing I love to do, and I really do love it, without feeling like a failure at every turn. The words can pour out easily without the sense that they don't count, because how can it be so easy? And I can struggle with the words, fighting at every turn for something worthwhile to come out, even when it's only one sentence in pages and pages of work, without feeling like a fraud, because it shouldn't be so difficult. The idea that I can approach writing with love, with a sense of compassion that this thing I love to do can be fun, challenging, and rewarding, as I turn my practice into stories where other people want to read, are eager to get their hands on, that's the dream. Though I'll take the adoring fans in large advances if the universe needs to hear it. Okay, so that's a part of a, a bigger work that I'm trying to write, which is probably more in the memoir space if you ask Shelley, which I'm going to. Um, Shelley, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And let's talk about writing. Mm, yes, my favorite topic <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Mine too, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so Shelley, yeah. you help writers write memoir, correct? Right. I do um, all kinds of nonfiction, but I think a lot of people, particularly for their first books, they draw on themselves and it turns into, even if they don't maybe intend it at first, it turns into memoir because, you know, that's the experience they have and that's what they can. I think even with fiction, people are doing that, whether they want to admit it or not. For sure. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Okay, so this, I, I, you know, I'm on board. It's definitely probably more in the memoir space. If I were to try to write it as a how-to, I feel like people would kind of forget what I was trying to say, and they'd be like, that doesn't apply to me, or you don't have kids, so you don't know. So I feel like the only way to really do that is to kind of weave in my stories, kind of in the same sense of like Brene Brown. I love her books. She, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if you haven't heard of Brene Brown, go check her out. But the stories, the points that she's trying to make, I remember from the stories that she tells. So talk to me about weaving in personal stories to something that at least starts out as a, I can help other people or I can help myself and I don't want it to be too emotional or gushy. Right. And usually people almost always when you, they sit down to write a nonfiction book, and I think you're the same, you think, hey, I have a particular idea or I have a particular um, way of solving a problem. And I think other people would be interested, right? And mm-hmm. so but the, you're right that you said it exactly right with Brene Brown. The only way people actually remember <laughs> the little lesson that you want to teach them is through the stories. Mm-hmm. They don't remember point A, point B, point C. They remember, oh, yeah, she was talking about that time that this happened. Like a um, little example is if you go ever go to church or synagogue and you listen to a preacher, right, uh, mm-hmm. somebody giving a sermon, a sermon is I need you to understand this lesson. But the whole thing is a story, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes you laugh in certain parts or it makes you oh cry in certain parts and that's what you remember and then you internalize the lesson that they're trying to tell you mm-hmm. so that's all really almost all almost all nonfiction mm-hmm. is doing that unless it's like a textbook mm-hmm. and then you know nobody really wants to write that no or read it I mean <laughs> or read it exactly definitely 
So I think that's a really good point, especially as you bring in kind of religion and how people attach to stories. This story in particular, the one that I want to write, and and maybe you have insight into how you write kind of like the most important story to yourself, uh, the one that matters the most that you don't really know how to tell. What would you say to to that? Well, I think a couple things. One is that, you know, it's hard not to put pressure on yourself if you describe it at the start as, okay, this is the most important story. I must tell it beautifully and perfectly, right? It's just going to feel like Mm -hmm. this whole awful pressure, right? So uh, one big thing is don't think of it as a performance that you are doing perfectly. Like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sing this song to the, you know, the best it's ever been sung. Think of it as much as possible as the process and as a an ongoing kind of quest, a lot of times the very best thing to do with something like this is to say, I have some questions or I had some Mm -hmm. questions and I'm going to explore those questions. And that's what I'm doing with my writing. I'm exploring questions and I, you know, you even start each chapter um, Mm -hmm. with a question and then you say, here's a possible way of going about getting the answer and that even if that's not what you end up in the with the final draft to get yourself to write it it's so much easier than to say I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to prove it or you know if you just allow yourself to say I'm asking some interesting questions I'm going to show you a process of coming up with an answer that is super helpful just to get get it down on paper to get Mm -hmm. to get the first draft down on paper especially that brings up three things for me the first is and this will probably take up a bulk of the conversation so I'm going to ask it first (laughs) when it comes to writing and this book or this what I want to be a book what I hope becomes a memoir is about my writing process and, and coming to this place where I enjoy writing how do you, in your opinion, um, and maybe you don't have the answer to this, um, come to figuring out what that process looks like without looking at this as a final product? Like this is, I want it to be a, a bestseller. I, and I, I, that directly in the, the work, I, I'm saying my goal is to be a writer. I want to travel and do book tours and I want to make a living at it. And it's this big, huge, heavy thing. I think the important part is to find the space where you're doing this thing that you love. And I struggle with that. Do you have anything that you would say to finding that process for yourself, fiction or nonfiction? I I mean, in general, writing. Well, yeah. And we have kind of talked about this in the past about not putting, not don't put other people's prescriptions on yourself. Mm -hmm. If someone, if you, you know, we all see, we walk around, you know, as readers, we see the final edited product that took somebody four years to Mm do, or, you know, we don't see everything that went into that multiple throwing away of drafts, multiple, you know, uh, going down this road and then realizing that's not what I wanted to write about. I'm going to go write about this, but that's part of it. And, 
Don't listen to other people who say, well, the only way to do this is to sit down at 6 a.m. and write for three hours, and that's the way to do it. You must do it that way. You just, because you're a scientist in your previous life. <laughs> yes. I think maybe one option is to give yourself an experimental mindset. And I think you've done that. I think you've done that a lot lately. Just let yourself say, I am performing some experiments now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And don't say to yourself, the, the outcome must be <laughs> X yeah, yeah. right at the end, right? I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I'm going to do some experiments to see what the best times for me to write are and what the best process is for me to write. And it goes with that allowing yourself to ask questions, you know, rather than saying, I must have all the answers. Then that like opens things up. I just like think it's really important to open it up and and not have the expectation of here's exactly what I'm going to have at the end. I'm going to by the mm -hmm. end of the day Friday I'm going to have a perfect chapter that has four thousand words in it. And no, yeah. And and learning that process for yourself isn't about following. You know, X author said I have to write every day two thousand words, or I'm not a real writer. Or Y author said that they binge write their stories in you know a couple months out of the year, and then they don't write anything else the rest of the year. And if I don't follow that process, I'm not going to be successful. And and it's a matter of taking all the things that work for you and figuring them out by doing it. Be kinder to yourself. Yes, obviously, I think that's really important. Uh, but what happens when, and I think maybe this is just me thinking the grass is greener on the other side, but a lot of self-help and that kind of a thing will say you need to picture what you have, like what you're going towards. So you need to picture your book in your hand, and that's going to help push you to get done. How do you balance not having to have this like set, here's your book, this is what it's going to be with, I have to picture the thing that I'm going to finish, otherwise I can't motivate myself to do the work today. Well, I think you have to know yourself, because I will say, I personally, and for some of the people I work with, that's not the most helpful thing mm -hmm. <laughs> to, because if you're focusing, I mean, and it may work great for a lot of people. I think it probably works really well for, um, especially like a lot of athletes. That's a mindset, you know, imagine, yeah. you know, sinking that play. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Imagine it Michael and Phelps do it. Famously did this when he, when he still won, even though his goggles fell down, it was because he had imagined himself in the pool so many times and yeah. all the bad things that could go wrong. Yeah. And I don't know how to do that with writing very well. And, but it may not be the perfect thing for you, right? Okay. I think that it can, that can be great. It doesn't work for me because it sets up a barrier because you, you see the perfect book and the book mm -hmm. cover and it's almost as if, uh, it's just too, it stops you. And I've worked with other people for whom it, it's just a, uh, it freezes you mm -hmm. because you think, well, I'm never going to get there. I'm not even close. I'm not, it's going to take me 10 years to get there. Yeah. So if you're that kind of person, then you do the opposite, which is don't think about the end. Think about the beginning mm. and focus on the beginning and the questions 
I mean, for nonfiction is questions for fiction. It's more like, ah, I, I love this character. I think I'm going to find out who this character is, mm-hmm. or I love this setting or this little inciting incident. I think I'm going to look at what that is and I'm not going to worry mm-hmm. <laughs> about six months from now when I want to have a 60,000 word manuscript. I'm just going to do brilliant. the nap. But just getting started is is so difficult. So I really like that idea of just focus on doing the work, actually sit yourself down in front of your computer, make it easy, kind of break away all the barriers stopping you from doing that. Yeah. And often the worst barrier is the perfection at the end of the road that you are focused on. So yeah. just make it go away, make that go away. Uh, yeah, I mean, do everything you can to try and figure that out. Okay, so another question, because you help with memoir in particular. How do you best incorporate the stories when your gut is like, no, be uh, separate yourself from this. Talk about the how-tos you want people to take away from that. How do you, how do you easily, I mean, maybe not easily, it's probably not easily. How do you put yourself on the page like that? Yeah, that's a really hard thing to be vulnerable. I mean, when people sit down to write a memoir, they are they really do usually have a goal of sharing, right? Mm-hmm. So you're one way is to I think it's especially important with it's probably equally important with fiction, but it's important with nonfiction to know who you want your audience to be and kind of person you know, think of that as one person, mm-hmm. a friendly person, <laughs> a person that you don't mind being a little vulnerable with, mm-hmm. right? So think about that person and say, I want to share. I have some important things that I want to share, but only uh, because it's a memoir. I'm the illustration. Mm -hmm. I'm the illustration. That person's not going to understand what I'm trying to share unless I use myself as an illustration. And so you just say, okay, I'm going to do it for this person that can help, you know, to kind of, so you don't have to see, Oh, 10,000 readers, <laughs> which is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. scary. I'm going to share this intimate detail with 10,000 people. No. Mm-hmm. But if you just have one person in mind, that is super helpful. Can that person be a younger version of yourself? Ooh, that's a good idea. I thought of that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Like helping young little... (laughs) (laughs) Young little Rebecca. Actually, like, you know, uh, two years ago, Rebecca, so not too young, but like... the, the, The version of me that is like, I want this dream and I want this thing so bad and I'm questioning it for myself. Uh, do I really want it? And, and why can't I just do it if that is what I want? Like, I mean, there are different versions of me that have had that experience because writing, wanting to write has been so prevalent in my life. And it's just not the easiest thing to get yourself to do. And I think because I care about it so much, you know, in all its forms, fiction, nonfiction, all the books and all the screenplays and all the whatever I want to write stops me so much from actually doing that work. I like that idea. I actually really like that idea of, of writing almost, I mean, you could even in the first draft, make it a letter to yourself because mm-hmm. oftentimes letters, you know, make you feel kind of personal and comforted. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just writing, I'm just writing a little letter to myself five years ago and 
Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that. Let's steal that. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. I think it's often easier when you have somebody in mind, at least for me, for memoir, it feels like it's for me. And I'm I'm hoping that when it gets done, other people will, will find some, some solace or comfort or whatever they need from it as well. But it feels like to me, memoir is just for me. Fiction, I, I've thought of that as well. Like, how do I get this done? Well, I'm going to tell somebody a story. Yeah, and I that reminds me of something I've been kind of studying uh, book proposals and working with somebody on a book proposal and like the big um, good takeaway that I've gotten from kind of reading stuff about book proposals is if you say the book is for everybody, it's for nobody. Exactly. Right. You really have to know, you know, uh, you have to target who it's for yeah. uh, because otherwise it's just kind of amorphous blobby thing right right. and I think the point is it can be read by everybody the other question I think that that brought up what you were saying originally what the other the last question that it brought up is okay so you help people write memoir if I am writing this and I'm incorporating stories and I'm talking to myself and I'm teaching myself these lessons do you have to organize the total like here's what I want this book to be do you just kind of like write essays or chapters like what's your best advice on organizing the book as a whole and doing so effectively where you're not getting yourself to stop doing the work because you're thinking of the final product but you're also not just writing a bunch of tangents and hoping they come together or do you have to do that I, I, you know everybody's different I really I mean I think we're to- in total agreement on that mm-hmm. every writer has a different way of approaching it and you know we usually divide ourselves into kind of spontaneous pantsers and more organized quote organized you know people who do outlines and mm-hmm. so I think kind of know yourself and what you're comfortable with but at least when you start, even if you're a pantser, you do want to know overall what uh, kind of, uh, I'll just call it a lesson, what kind of lesson you want to convey and teach people in a sentence or two. And then again, with a memoir, you yourself are the examples. You Mm -hmm. provide the examples of the illustrations of that. And so then you have to decide, do I want to do that? And you're never going to do your entire life because Mm -hmm. that's an an autobiography. And that's just like (laughs) even autobiographies still have like, like, ah. yeah. Like I think I watched something from Donald Miller recently um, who wrote blue like jazz, but he also is in the writing space in terms of like, how do you, market effectively with better communication and he did a webinar about writing and he talked about the knowing your controlling idea and I, and the yeah. importance of that for especially for nonfiction when you have your controlling idea it sort of organizes what goes in there and what doesn't a book exactly. about somebody's life if it included every single event would be thousands and thousands of pages long yeah, and nobody and cares about it. It'd be totally unreadable, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still so, you're still organizing it around some type of what is somebody going to get a like walk away with having understood having read this book. Right. And so then you pick out a certain number of scenes, you figure out, you know, about how long do I want it to be and you kind of start by, you know, well I know that this moment and this moment and this this week in my life is important because it's mm-hmm. about that thing that I'm trying to convey. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of sketch it out. And a lot of times people will say, well, let me just start with the, the three most important moments because that's what I know I want to write. That's great. 
-hmm. And other people will say, no, let me make an outline and I'll be able to write down the the 15 or 20 most important scenes and I'll go more methodically. Mm -hmm. You can do it either way. But you do, in the back of your mind, you want to have that controlling idea or the lesson or the whatever that tells you, oh, I have to cut out this, this, and this because they have nothing to do with that, even though I kind of think that was a fun moment in my (laughs) life. I really loved that That thing. And I loved the story that came out of it. Yeah. That was a fabulous day on the beach, but it has nothing to do with (laughs) this lesson of, of that I'm giving about, Mm -hmm. you know, adopting a dog or whatever. Yeah, I think it it definitely comes back to know your process. And I, I, that's why I hesitate. And I know you do too, to say these like overarching blanket statements about writing, like you have to know your controlling idea first. I mean, whatever helps you figure out the book. So if you're like, listening to this, and you're like, yeah, but I, I did follow what Stephen King told me to do. And, and now I'm, I'm writing every day. And that's, what? you're telling me that's wrong. And no, I'm not what I'm telling you is, the best way to figure that out is often by studying what other authors do, what their process is, and picking out bits and pieces of that for yourself. Do you write better in the mornings? Do you write better at night? But don't listen to somebody who says you can only be a writer if you get up at 5 a.m. before work and do your writing before you go to work. That's right, just exactly. Just find your, take this experimental approach. And so in terms of structure, You can say to yourself, well, I'm going to try writing an outline because maybe that will comfort me. A lot of people are very comforted if they have an outline to follow and they say, you know, here are scenes one through 20. Try it. If you end up getting really frustrated on day two or three of making that outline, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Find the scene that you really want to write and write that scene and feel good about that. And then you can go back. I also want to point out, too, that don't let yourself use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm working with, like we talked about before this call started, I'm working with uh, a fellow editor on how do I write a novel and how do I expand upon my short stories in a way that is actually sustainable for long term. Mm-hmm. And she told me that the, uh, the next task, my homework, if you will, is to figure out everything that happened to your character before the book opens. Mm. And of course, I'm not going to include that in the book, but I'm like... Well, I don't need to know that. You know, my my gut is like, yeah, well, I don't need to know that. And that's silly. And why do I have to figure that out? And and I just get so I've I've stopped myself from writing for a few days now. Like I haven't done any writing on that Mm -hmm. in particular. And I think that that's just an excuse. And and you have to at least give it a good go. Mm -hmm. Like if you think you write better in the mornings, but you find every morning you don't want to get out of bed, you have to give it a good solid go. Mm-hmm. get to the page and if and if you're not if like four or five days go by and you're not doing that and you just haven't even started and tried well maybe start with something else but you can't just like write it off as that doesn't work for me just because you haven't tried it or you're like you have a I don't know aversion to it I guess like I don't feel right. like that'll work well no you can't just feel like it doesn't work. Try it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And the other good lesson that that just reminded me of, nothing you're doing is ever a real waste. Yeah. Right. So even because even if you decide I'm throwing this whole scene away, it's stupid. I don't want the process of writing it 
and the thoughts that you've had while you're writing it are what give you the jumping off point for the next thing that you're going to write. And you may very well come back to that. I've had that happen so many times where people, ugh, I started, this is a mess. I'm, I'm going to start over. They end up coming back (laughs) to something Mm -hmm. that they thought was a mess before because there was a great little piece of it, you know? So you're never really wasting your time when you're, as long as you're writing something, it's going to be useful at mm-hmm. some point. And it teaches you. Julia Cameron talks about people who complain about, well, do you know how old I'll be when I finish my novel or when I finish this sculpture or I learn how to paint? And she tells them, yes, you will be the same age as if you don't do it. Mm, that's so important. Yeah, broader that one on a pillow. Yeah. That's really yeah. important. It's really powerful. And that I think comes back around, like circles back to your point of being kind to yourself, exploring, having fun with it. Because if you think about the outcome and this is, I'm only doing this to get published and I'm only doing this to make money. Well, you're putting pressure on yourself in a way that you're not going to actually do the work. And the point is to do the work because you love doing it. Yeah. And that's the only way you're going to get to the other side. Yeah. Is that exploration and experimentation. And then a year from now, you're going to know so much more Mm -hmm. than you did today. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really great quote in big magic and I don't have the book accessible to me right now. And I don't know if I could find it if I did that, that somebody's giving a speech And I think Elizabeth was just there or she heard about it. But this guy was, as a writer, giving a speech to a group of people. And this guy in the audience comes up and says, you know, I've been working the same amount of time as you. I put in the work and and everybody just tells me I have to be persistent, um, but I'm not succeeding. And it's I'm really struggling with it. Can you give me any advice? And don't tell me to be persistent. And the, <laughs> the guy says, well, you should just quit. And everybody in the audience, you know, takes a collective in, inhalation like, oh, did he just say that? And, and he goes on to then say, if you're not having fun writing, if you're not enjoying this, if you don't love it, you're obviously not getting anything good out of it. And so you should quit. But if you quit and a couple of years go by and you realize... I really miss this thing that I very much enjoyed doing and my life isn't the same without it. Well, then I'm sorry, but you have to be persistent. <laughs> like, like that's, it, you know, he, I can't give you the advice of not being persistent unless you're just willing to give up. And I find that hilarious. I love that quote. It's, yeah, and it's so true because, yeah, don't do it unless you really love it mm-hmm. and you love the process. And that's a good way to test yourself to say, okay, well, I'm not going to do it for a while. Oh, no, I miss it so much. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to mm-hmm. be willing to be persistent because you, you realize how much you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's important to kind of reiterate that the book deals, the money, the New York Times bestseller list stuff is all extra That's not what it takes to be a writer. And if that's what you're in for, that's not a good enough reason. And that depends on other people too, Mm -hmm. right? Depends on, oh gosh, was I able to find that agent who was willing to represent me and Mm -hmm. go to bat for me? Was I willing to, you know, was I willing to take this amount of money or was I willing to, you know, make the changes that somebody suggested or whatever? It's like a lot of other people mm-hmm. with input on your ultimate product 
But what you have control of is like that day-to-day doing the writing and making the changes you want to make. And that's the, that's and exploring the joy of it. What things yeah. are in your head yeah. that you need to get out via writing. So what, what I have on the page, what I've read aloud, what are some of the things like, it's very how to, it's very, I'm separated from it. I think it's, it's part of my heart. It, it is like what I feel like I need to say, but it doesn't include stories. Um, so it's, what would you, like, where can I input that? Is this just an intro that I just need to leave it as is and go write something else? Like, what would you recommend? Well, this is uh, kind of exploring that idea that we were talking about. You're kind of figuring out what is the general idea that I want to convey to people and to my ideal reader, myself, in the past, Mm -hmm. right? So what you're exploring that in this piece that you read. And so then the next step is to, to, in a way, take it apart a little bit and maybe say, what are the pieces of being a writer that I might want to attach different stories to or Mm. recall stories about? So, you know, are there stories about, just off the top of my head here, are there stories about getting started? Moments when you had particularly difficult times getting started and then maybe sometime when you had a very easy time getting started on a story. Mm -hmm. Or is there like another aspect might be creating a routine? You know, is that sort of an element of this being a writer? And so then you might have a chapter where you talk about all the different options. Have you tried six Mm -hmm. different ways of creating a routine or Mm -hmm. Something mm-hmm. about when you had a routine in college and wrote a lot, it was like that, you know, just sort of find, yeah. sort of do some brainstorming, take it apart because everything's always easier when you do it in small pieces. Mm-hmm. So look at, see if you can come up with there are three, five, seven aspects mm-hmm. of being a writer that you could identify. And then just brainstorm, just let yourself go and brainstorm and say, okay, I'm going to come up with seven stories under each of these categories. Even if you don't use them all, just say, oh, there's seven stories about me that I can remember or a friend. It it doesn't have to all be you, Mm -hmm. right? Even if it's a memoir, it doesn't have to all be you. If if you have a a friend or a mentor or somebody that you want to draw on or, Mm -hmm. and you know, say, ah, I read this great inspirational thing from Elizabeth Gilbert she was talking about X, Y, Z, you know, so that's totally fine. You don't have to only use you, but it has to be something that really spoke to you though, Mm -hmm. because it is, you know, about you ultimately and reminding yourself of things too, right? Because you're writing for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, I need to remind myself that when I read something from Jane Austen about Mm -hmm. her writing routine, I loved that, you know, so put that in, you know, so something that things that have spoken to you, but the the breaking into pieces is super helpful because Mm -hmm. then it doesn't seem like, Oh my God, I have to write an entire (laughs) year. Yeah. No, you just have to write this little section. Yeah. Figure out the stories for that one section. Okay. What would you say then to somebody who is realizing like, I don't have even three different aspects to come up with stories. Like mm-hmm. it's a memoir, so I can still, I can sit with it a while and it can take a longer period of time to write this. 
Like I'm not, I don't have a, this is this X thing that happened in my childhood that I have to write and decompress. Mm -hmm. This is more something that I'm using as I'm working through writing fiction. Oh, so the person is not really writing a memoir. The person is just using it as a well, it, I mean, it is an exercise it almost to or... be, like this book in particular, like I think it has to be memoir. I think I have to tie my stories to it. But at the same time, remember, my gut is that it's a it's a how to, but also mm-hmm. not like it's not quite a how to. It's more like that mix of like big idea nonfiction. I don't know how to strike a balance between here's stories that I have, but do they all apply? And maybe I'm feeling like, well, that's not enough. And maybe that's just me. Maybe that's like, I mean, I am in therapy for that very thing, like being enough and and needing to feel like I love myself and whatever. But like, well, it sounds like so if we're talking about this piece here, mm-hmm. for example, so so it sounds like you're kind of struggling a bit, which is I can't even tell you how normal that is. Like that's <laughs> everybody I've ever talked yeah. to yeah. writing this kind of you're struggling am I writing how to a little bit or am I writing more of like I do have a big idea maybe I'm writing a big idea but I'm also want to write about me so it's a memoir blah 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 Mm -hmm. right yes it's everything it's everything but at some point you kind of pick where it leans if it leans toward how to then you do have pieces of you of your stories but you do have to have other examples same thing with big idea if it leans more toward big idea, then you're going to have to have bits of you in it, bits of academic stuff in it, bits of other people's stories. Okay. But it if is it's about finding gut level what you feel like is right. Right. Okay. And then if it's a memoir, you're the main illustration with a few other examples, but you're the main would illustration. You classify like where would you put Brene Brown? Because she has <sighs> like obviously her research and everything is a huge component. It's she's just... really writing mostly big idea books. Okay. Right. There's a lot of academic work. She uses herself when she needs to and she uses other people when she needs to. It's this it's this real mashup. And if you are gonna do that, for example, like this book if I really resonate with Brene Brown, or maybe this is more of a masterwork question, big magic, those kinds of books, which I realize are two totally different things. Do I have to then go dive into that academic psychological research stuff? I can't just rely on myself or, hey, I, I there's this thing that I know is true in science, but I don't have, you know, the footnote of it with the actual examples. That's not appropriate, right? Well, if you're aiming to write what, you know, and these categories are, you know, kind of can be fuzzy. Yeah. If you truly, truly want to write a big idea book, that what you're doing in a big idea book is you are tracing your journey from kind of having questions and being confused to coming up with a really great answer to those questions. Okay. So, and if you feel like I have got a great answer to that question, but you've got to trace your journey Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and it's got, it does pretty much have to include because you're proving it to people in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It has a, a, some kind of academic aspect to it, even if it's just small. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you prove it through yourself. You prove it through other people that you've met or talked to, and then you prove it through some academic research. But if you're doing more of a how-to slash memoir, it's really about experience rather than quote research. Mm-hmm. So you can use yourself and a few other people to to be the proof, the illustrations, the whatever. Yeah. But I think the big thing though is just to repeat from before, you don't have to exactly know that right now. Okay. And you can change your mind. Mm-hmm. But what is super helpful again is to know the question or the idea that you're heading toward Mm -hmm. and then dissect it into pieces, right? Because if you just sit there and say, oh, I'm going to write all about why everyone should, you know, join the Peace Corps because it will change your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I did that and that's what changed my life. And I'm going to use examples from other people. Okay. That's a, that's a great book. You can't just do that. You have to slice it up. It's too hard to mm-hmm. to start from everyone should join the Peace Corps. Here are all the reasons. Woo! Mm-hmm. You've got to slice it up. You've got to slice it up in any way that makes sense to you and say, okay, one reason to join the Peace Corps is because you really love to travel and meet other people. Another, you know, you've got to slice it into possible well, That makes it easier to write as well. Easier to write and easier to kind of digest for the reader too. Yeah. So. I'm not sure if that made complete sense, but that idea of slicing it up is going to lead you to new questions Mm -hmm. and then new answers. So you have just questions you're trying to, to slice out. Is that true for whichever category, like big idea, how to not memoir, all of those, you just, you're answering questions. Yeah. And look at, look at any how to book. It starts out with, I need, I have this problem or this thing that I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Step one. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Right? And I think that's, those Step distinctions are, are pretty clear. It's the, the, do I write memoir? Do I write non, or do I write big idea nonfiction? And I think, I, I think making those decisions is again, not something I have to do right now, but it's a bit more challenging because I don't know. I feel like something like Brene Brown has weight. Like you read that and you understand that she's got all this experience and, and research she's attaching it to. Maybe I just need to, like you said, do the work. Well, let me say one big thing is nobody's first book is a big idea book. <laughs> or like, <laughs> Good right? Know. That's not her. She didn't, that's not the first thing she wrote. Yeah. With her great books that people, everybody knows. Yeah. She's been writing academic papers And shorter things about different topics, about more narrow topics for 20 years. Yeah. That's not the first thing you write. Okay. You got to kind of think about it for Mm -hmm. a long time, Mm -hmm. write something else, and that leads you into the next book. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Last question. What is, okay, so I have, I really like Big Magic. By Elizabeth Gilbert. Obviously, I've brought that up. I really like Brene Brown, anything she writes. Can you have a couple different masterworks? Can you mix them up, uh, even though they're totally different in terms of like one's academic big idea and one is more memoir, here are all my stories? How do you balance the two? And is it good to have more than one or should you just have one? Oh, it's good to have anything that inspires you. Anything that inspires you. One example that I used in this thing that Leslie and I wrote is 
I love this interview. You know who Samin Nosrat is? She wrote, she, so she's got a Netflix series and she wrote this big cookbook called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, you would love this show. It's fantastic. It's like just about how she cooks. She's a totally fun human being. But she, it's just about loving food and people and all this awesome. stuff, you know. Okay. She's fantastic. But so she, her book she sort of studied how to write it, you know, cause she's a cook. She's not a, mm-hmm. a writer. And for her inspiration, she said she really looked and tried to figure out for a couple of years, really, how is she going to structure this book that she wants to write about a new way to think of cooking mm-hmm. in the end? One of her big inspirations was a book about tennis. <laughs> she doesn't play tennis. Yeah. yeah. It's just a book that it shoots like, it has nothing to do with cooking, mm-hmm. but she just really liked the way it was written and structured and it just inspired her. So it can be anything you can get. You can read a book about baseball and think, oh, that really is going to help me with my memoir about writing, you know, so <laughs> I like that. anything that is really inspiring to you. So if you love Big Magic, if you love Brene Brown, it's like, that's it. That's going to inspire you. Okay. I think the hardest part for me will be finding a balance between what's already out there and making sure that my voice comes through and that I'm not just writing it to rewrite exactly what everybody else said. Like, I don't want to rewrite The Artist's Way. I don't want to rewrite Big Magic. What do I have to say? And I think focusing on everything we talked about today and and myself and writing for this younger version of myself will help with that. Yeah. Take the pressure off. Yeah. Just get started. Put a little picture of yourself <laughs> yes. five years ago. Yes. Say, you, mm-hmm. put that up on your computer and say, you, I'm, I'm, this is to you, yeah. lady. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shelly, for being with me today and having this okay. conversation. I think it was really valuable, and I hope other people oh, take but... a lot from it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Story That Works. For all the past episodes, the show notes, or to connect, visit astorythatworks.com. If you would like to support the show, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find and fall in love with the show. As always, keep writing.